Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, and fishing needs, go to eastport.info. Now let's get this show started. Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I am your host, Sean Lavery. Um, this week's show is going to be a little bit different. Um, I'm actually uh, the guest tonight. Um, I, I was going to have two other guests on with me. I'll explain that a little bit later. Um, but um, I'm just uh, today is Sunday evening, and I am just back from a pretty big moment for me. I, I fished my first major kayak fishing tournament, <clears throat> and I figured I'd uh, take tonight's show to kind of recap what that whole process was like because uh i've never fished a, a tournament that big before so it was definitely uh, a learning experience i learned a lot i had a great time and uh just got to meet a ton of really good people but um i wanted to uh start off by uh just um apologizing to you guys for um kind of being out of the noobs tournament this month uh between going on vacation going to camp getting COVID and, uh, you know, just getting ready for, uh, some guests to come into my place, uh, which I'll talk a little bit about later and, um, uh, getting ready for this tournament. Uh, the month of July pretty much got away from me. I did catch some fish, um, didn't have my paddle and fin identifier with me, however. Uh, so I wasn't able to get anything on the board for the Paddle and Fin July tournament, but August is a new month and I will guarantee you that I will have a fish on the board for August. So, um, but, uh, I know that it's super close. Uh, some guys are duking it out at the top there. So 
Um, congrats to everybody who did do well in July. Um, I definitely saw some good bags put up there and I wanted to encourage you guys to keep it, keep at it and keep, um, lighting up the uh, Facebook group. Cause I love hearing your guys comments there and, um, you know, getting to kind of go back and forth on things and, uh, drop whatever hints or, you know, find info for you if you guys need it. So, um, definitely keep that up. And, um, the July tournament should be up or the August tournament should be up on, uh, um, Turn EX right now if you want to go and sign up. If not, um, I'll make sure I'll talk to Susie and we'll get it up uh, ASAP. Um, but that being said, the reason for tonight's show is I got to fish in the Hobie BOS event on the Susquehanna. So a uh, huge moment for me in my uh, kayak angling career and uh, definitely uh, a learning experience. Like I said, I... Uh, I can't count the number of different ways that uh, I had to learn and grow a little bit. Um, but uh, I'll start with uh, the story of how it happened, actually. Um, Ethan Jett, uh, who you guys might remember, uh, we had him on a while ago to talk about shaky heads. He lives down in Tennessee. He's good friends with Ryan. Um, so back when Ryan was on the podcast, we had Ethan on uh, to talk about shaky head fishing. And um, after that, event or after that uh recording for the noob show i had told ethan that if he ever wanted to come stay with me to fish up here he he was certainly welcome to well um you know uh some time went by and um he reached out to me and said hey sean you know i'm thinking about fishing the hobie bos event on the susquehanna uh would it be okay to stay with you i'd like to take you up on that offer and uh, i of course said absolutely uh we have plenty of space here and um so if anybody is ever interested in uh, coming and fishing the, the Susquehanna and you, you would like a place to stay, you know, uh, I have a big basement with uh, air mattresses and couches and all sorts of stuff down here. So uh, plenty of room. If uh, you ever want to come check it out, just hit me up and we'll see what we can uh, work out. But Ethan um, reached out to me and, you know, uh, said that he was planning on coming up. And so I told him, sure thing, man, you know, my, my house is your house. So um, he asked me if I would fish it. And I was like, oh, man. I don't know. I know I had, I had a conversation with Brian Schiller, uh, uh, talking to him about potentially fishing the Hobie BOS and I wasn't sure I was ready. Uh, but I decided when Ethan asked me that, uh, I would go ahead and give it a shot. So the day of registration came, I was driving when registration opened. Um, I, I think I was halfway home. I had about, you know, half an hour to go to get home. By the time I got home and got logged in, uh, it was sold out. Uh, so I was like, well, that stinks. I, I totally missed that. And, um, Ethan was able to get in on the first round. Uh, so he had said, um, you know, that he was sorry that I didn't get in, but then lo and behold, I found out that there was a waiting list. So I, uh, emailed Cody Prather, I think was who I actually know as AJ, um, from Hobie and, um, got on the waiting list for the Susquehanna event. I think, uh, when I finally saw the waiting list, I was somewhere, around 40th or something on the list. So didn't have super high expectations. And um, anyway, uh, Ethan um, had been in touch with me and said, oh, I'm definitely still coming. I want to fish it. And um, a good friend of his and a, now a good friend of mine, Stuart Saples, actually tagged along with him on the trip up from Tennessee. So I was uh, uh, happy to be able to host both Ethan and Stuart here at my house this weekend. Uh, for the Hobie event. Um, they they came up on Wednesday night, I believe, and um, they pre-fished some and um, were able to stay here at my place and 
keep me company. And uh, I got to listen to a lot of their pre-fishing stories. <clears throat> and um, um, I think it was Tuesday. I got an email from AJ saying uh, we've had some cancellations in the Hobie event uh, on the Susquehanna. Please email me back if you're still interested. Your name is on the waiting list. So we want to see uh, how many people on the waiting list are still interested. So pretty much as soon as I got that email, I emailed him back and said, definitely, I'm still interested. I would love to take part in it if possible. And uh, I think Wednesday evening, I got an email back from AJ saying, congrats, you're in. Uh, you should get an invoice from me shortly, pay that, and you're good to go. So Wednesday night, I found out that I was fishing in the Hobie BOS on the Susquehanna with uh, 199 of the uh, best anglers uh, or kayak anglers on the planet. And um, unfortunately, I uh, one of my main regrets is not doing any pre-fishing. Uh, I had to work on pretty much Monday through Friday. So um, between that and getting everything ready for Ethan and Stuart to come, I was not able and recovering from COVID. I was still in isolation. So I wasn't really even able to go out too much. So uh, I didn't get to pre-fish anything. And um, uh, as we get into the story of how I did in the tournament, that will uh, play a major role in uh, how I did. So um, so anyway, Ethan and uh, Stuart uh, got to my place on Wednesday night, and they ended up pre-fishing on Thursday and Friday um, and were telling me as when they came back to the, the house and we you know, stayed up way too late talking fishing, uh, on those two nights, I feel bad for them because uh, they were going on very little sleep. Um, but um, they were telling me that uh, the water levels were insanely low. And I had, I had heard that and I was seeing um, other um, anglers posting on Facebook all over the place that the water levels were just insanely low. And it's, it's kind of funny because uh, not even a month ago, I fished a tournament on the Juniata which is kind of up in that area. Uh, there was actually portions of the Juniata open for this event. Um, so I was like, it really, it was a little bit low when I was up there, but I wouldn't say it was insanely low. And so I was seeing these pictures on Facebook of places that I recognized and seeing, you know, a lot of it out of the water. And um, Ethan and Stuart both came back and they were telling me places where normally I had no problems um, using my Hobie drive, um, they were having to get out and walk. And, and that was uh, in the rules for this Hobie event. They did um, actually allow portaging your kayak, which I guess normally um, under on a lot of the Hobie BOS tournaments, they do not allow that. But due to the water levels being as low as they were, um, Hobie made a special uh, rule change for this event. And they allowed um, you to get out and actually portage with your kayak. Um, they had some stipulations. Your kayak had to be attached to you at all times. Um, Ethan is also on staff for uh, Rogue um, Rogue uh, Fishing Company, and he was nice enough to bring me one of their new um, uh, products that they'll be having coming out, and I was able to test it uh, out on the water. And uh, it was a, uh, a kayak tether. So I was thankful for that because uh, I was able to actually use it uh, this morning because um, one of the places that we went to was really, really low. And it was actually almost easier to just wade fish with the kayak attached to my, I actually hooked it to my PFD because I 
forgot to wear a belt, but uh, that's uh, neither here nor there. But um, uh, definitely my brain was full of all sorts of thoughts and uh, a belt was one of the things that escaped me. But I did uh, was able to try out that uh, rogue uh, kayak tether and it was really neat. Uh, I'll have to see when uh, they're planning on releasing that and I'll definitely maybe have Ethan come on and talk to you all about it because uh, it is a really cool product. It has a quick release so that if you for whatever reason need to get your get unhooked from your kayak, you can definitely do so. But uh, it's a really neat uh, setup and um, definitely looking forward to having Ethan on to talk about that. Um, Stuart also got some um, good news. Uh, he was able to get on um, uh, a pro staff for a local bait company up here in Pennsylvania. Um, they had reached out to him and uh, he was able to join them. So uh, maybe uh, we can have Stuart on and talk about that because Stuart's definitely a cool guy. I was super happy to get to meet him this weekend. Uh, he has a really interesting story and um, kind of just getting into kayak fishing. He's maybe two years in, so um, definitely would be a, a fun uh, chat to have with him about his progression and, and how he's done. Um, but uh, anyway, back to the uh, Hobie BOS. So uh, Stuart and uh, Ethan both pre-fished uh, Monday or fr uh, Thursday and Friday, and um, they did struggle. And uh, I think a lot of it had to do with those water levels. They they had uh, a, a pretty good list of places and had done some research uh, beforehand and they were asking me about it and I was telling them, yeah, I think, I think those are good places. Those are some of the, the same places that we hit as on the kayak anglers, central PA tournaments. And I, I think it'll be, um, you know, I, I know they're good fisheries and, you know, I think they should be good. And each time they get back and they like, no, we really struggled. We, you know, we either caught, you know, nothing or they caught, uh, you know, small fish, um, couldn't find any really that measured. And it really surprised me because uh, some of the places they had been were highly recommended to me at multiple times and were also recommended to them. And so that just tells you a little bit about where the water levels are for uh, uh, on the Susquehanna right now. It's, it's just really kind of crazy now. So um, they, like I said, uh, they, they did pre-fish and then on Saturday, um, I ended up uh, going with uh, two guys from the uh, my local uh, uh, kayak anglers of Central PA, Josh Sims and Ryan Reardon. Um, so thank you to both of them. Big shout out to them for letting me tag along, even though I didn't get to pre-fish with them. They had actually done some homework and pre-fished uh, a few times this week, and um, I kind of reached out to them. Uh, to Ryan and said, Hey, I, I have no clue where I'm going. I didn't get to pre-fish at all. Um, feel free to say no, but if you guys are okay with me tagging along, um, I will uh, definitely do that. Cause I didn't know if Ethan and Stuart wanted me to crash their party. Cause I know they had definitely uh, plans on where they wanted to go. So I figured I would make my own plans just in case. And uh, on Saturday I ended up going with Ryan and Josh. And um, so I really didn't sleep much. Friday night, I was super nervous for some reason, uh, like almost sick to my stomach nervous. I don't know why. Um, maybe because I just didn't have any uh, pre-fishing done. Um, I'd never been to the place that we were going to to start. So there, I just had a lot of questions in my mind and just not knowing uh, how the you know whole thing was going to go. I didn't want to embarrass myself. You know, I wanted to, you know, just make sure that uh, I enjoyed my first kayaking or a Hobie experience. And um, so we went to, uh, they had board check. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, and the, the meeting on Friday night uh, at City Island in Harrisburg. There's a baseball stadium there. And so we ended up, uh, they had it right kind of outside the stadium at a pavilion. So that was uh, uh, another fun event because I got to meet a ton of uh, really cool people. Definitely tons of people we've had on the show. I got to meet Jeff Little in person, uh, Jay Karshman. Josh Schrenko, uh, Cody Prather, um, some of the big name people that I was really looking for, for whatever, whatever reason, didn't go to the the meeting. Um, it obviously wasn't mandatory. You had to get your board checked. So they must have been there at some point. But um, um, by the time I got there, most of the big name people, like I was looking for Christine Fisher, Drew Gregory, um, those kind of names. And um, uh, they had all either come and left at that point or you know, had somehow made other arrangements because uh, I did definitely didn't see them. But um, I did get to meet Trey Leach from Innovative Sportsman um, as well. Um, just a ton of uh, nice people and really great to meet them in person. They're the exact same people they are on the show. So it was super nice. I had a, a long conversation with Jeff Little. He was asking me if I was ready and I told him no because uh, I didn't get to do a ton of pre-fishing. But uh, um, he just told me to go fish and have fun and um, so, um, but yeah, so I, I went and got my board checked. I didn't know uh, until Tuesday night, um, that, uh, Hobie required a metal, uh, catch board. So I had to order one of those like next day air to get it there in time. I did also didn't know for any of you guys who do do that. Um, they do have a limited amount of catch boards at the check-in. Uh, so I could have bought one there with the Hobie logo, um, I kind of wish I would have known that prior. So if any of you guys are in that same situation, um, definitely know that they're, they had uh, a good, pretty good supply. They definitely didn't run out of them while I was there. Uh, so if that ever happens to you, you can, um, you know, save a little shipping money um, and actually just buy one there. They also had um, really cool hats and shirts uh, that you could buy. And um, they gave, uh, quite a few stickers away. Like I, when you, when you check in your check-in packet came with a sticker, um, they put a sticker on your catch board, uh, to show that it's been checked. And, um, so it was definitely an interesting experience. It was, uh, they had pizza and, uh, drinks there for us. And, um, then they went over the rules, which, um, for as far as rules goes, they were pretty standard, uh, for, um, kayaking tournaments, nothing too crazy. Obviously, uh, there was um, no motors. Uh, motors were allowed to be used in practice, and, but not during the actual tournament. And um, 
So that didn't bother me at all because I obviously don't have a motor yet. It's uh, maybe someday, but um, I know a lot of people uh, were, you know, with the amount of river that uh, was open for this tournament, it was a huge amount of water um, from basically Sunbury, which is uh, north central PA, the whole way down to um, past City Island in Harrisburg. So um, the bottom boundary uh, was is maybe like, 40 minutes from my house, the northernmost boundary is probably an hour and a half. So that just gives you an idea of how much river was actually open. Plus they opened up um, at least a mile up the Juniata, I believe, um, which meets the Susquehanna up north and, um, you know, creeks and stuff. Uh, so with all, all said and done, there was a ton of water that you could fish for this tournament. So um, just, uh, Props to Hobie for uh, a really broad spectrum of water to fish. We had everything from, you know, what we call pool areas, you know, where the water is kind of slow moving and um, to, you know, rapids for pretty much. Uh, Stuart has definitely a good story about uh, finding a uh, kind of uh, pretty good ledge that he ended up uh, going over with his kayak. So thankfully he made it through okay and uh, lived, uh, had a great story to tell about that. But um uh, definitely there were some pretty sketchy conditions on the river. Just the water was low, but it was still fast. So it was almost worse because you never knew when you were going to bottom out or like if I, I did have my pedals in at times and um, the water was moving so quick, but also low. So you would just all of a sudden catch and uh, or, or hit a rock that you normally wouldn't be out of the water. And um, uh, so it was definitely a, a kind of a, that was a learning experience in and of itself because um, uh, I, I definitely had to do more paddling than I have for years because I couldn't pedal. I think on Saturday I pedaled maybe a third of the time. And other than that, I was either uh, waiting or, or paddling and um, waiting was even sketchy at times just with the, the water flow and um, the slippery rocks and everything. I did uh, wipe out a few times and, uh, cannot kind of fall in at least up to my life jacket. So, uh, at one point my net got away from me and I had to go, uh, hop in the kayak quick and go rescue that. And then at one point my paddle even got away from me. Uh, when I slipped on a rock, I was kind of pulling the kayak with one hand, uh, and had that paddle in my, uh, other hand and I slipped, held onto the kayak, but dropped the paddle. So luckily it didn't get too far away from me and I was able to, uh, recover it relatively quickly. Uh, so like I said, the, the, the conditions were definitely different and it wasn't until I got out on the water myself Saturday morning that I realized um, really how different it was. Uh, it looked like a completely different fishery. I mean, it wasn't just, you know, inches down, it was feet low uh, in, in many places. So um, you could see on the banks and stuff where the normal water level would be. And I think uh, the place we fished this morning was definitely, I think four foot low at least. So that gives you some idea of kind of the really different water level. So um, a place that a month ago uh, I was able to fish easily could um, definitely fish completely different um, and did fish completely different uh, at the Hobie event. So um, uh, throughout the week I was watching, um, you know, on Facebook and Instagram and seeing some of the posts that people were um posting about uh, practice fishing and 
they were definitely finding fish. So I wasn't super worried about that. Um, I, I didn't want to skunk. Um, and I wanted to make sure that, that <laughs> I didn't finish last. So um, that was kind of my, my main goals were to catch at least, you know, some fish on and get some fish on the board and um, to make it back, obviously, you know, safely and with all as much of my gear as possible. So I did, um, I did accomplish those goals. So on Saturday um, we launched, uh, I can talk about it now because it's over and done with. We launched at Duncannon. I never launched from that point. I had launched further north and further south, but never right in that stretch. Um, and uh, so that was a new uh, launch for me. I went with, uh, like I said, Ryan and Josh. Uh, it was definitely an early morning. Uh, I got up at 2.30 to meet Ryan at 3.30 uh, so we could get to the launch. The launch that we did was just kind of a tiny little um, launch. It didn't really even have a concrete ramp. Uh, it had a kind of a dirt path, but it was a legal launch. And uh, But there was only like two parking spaces at that launch. So Ryan told me that we have to get there early just to make sure that, you know, we can launch there. So I got up at 2.30, drove to meet him at 3.30, and we were there and had taxied some cars around by 4.30. Uh, lines in was at 5.30, so we ended up sitting there. Uh, or uh, You could be on the water at 5.30. Lines in was at 6 a.m., so you could be, uh, we got there, uh, we were ready to kind of be on the water. Like we were sitting in our kayaks on the bank, uh, just waiting at probably 4.45. And um, <coughs> nobody ever else showed up at our ramp. So it kind of surprised me. And um, Ryan had said that during pre-fishing, they didn't see a lot of people in that stretch of river. So we kind of thought initially that we would have that section mostly to ourselves but boy were we wrong so um as we were sitting there it's like 5 15 um just starting to get kind of a little bit of daylight and down river from us actually up river from us where we were we could already see a few headlamps of people um getting ready just like we were uh so i was like okay well we might have a few people with us um uh interestingly enough there was a local tournament here. I think it was uh, Kayak Eglers of North America. I can't remember who it is. Susie actually judged for that tournament, and they were kind of using the same boundaries that Hobie did. Um, I didn't know that until that morning. Um, and right at first light at 5.30 when we were allowed to get on the water, um, we got on, uh, hopped in the kayaks, and started heading across because uh, the, the two guys I was fishing with had a spot on the other shore that they wanted to hit right off the bat, if possible, before anybody else would go through there. Well, we saw another uh, kayaker come down from uh, where we had seen the headlamps. And um, Hobie was no motors, obviously. I don't know. Uh, I thought I heard that the other, the local tournament <coughs> was also no motors. But the person that came down past us, definitely had a motor because they were flying and uh um we saw them coming and they pretty much went straight for the spot that we were going for um and um got there and kind of hung out so we had to uh kind of adjust up river a little bit from where we wanted to start and um but it wasn't too bad it wasn't too far and that person ended up not really staying uh at that spot very long they pretty much made a few casts and left so so we made it across the river, 
and we're sitting there. It was probably like 555 when we hit the other uh, bank. And um, we we're just sitting there waiting for six because uh, uh, for lines in. So uh, kind of the, I was watching my watch. The second we hit six o'clock, I, I started making casts. And um, I had uh, definitely uh, some plans on what I was going to throw. Uh, I was going to I was planning on throwing my popper first thing in the morning, trying to get that topwater bite. Um, I had a crankbait tied on. I uh, had a Ned rig. And um, let's see, what else did I have? I had a big Joshy swim bait. Um, I had a, a chatter bait. And I'm trying to think what I had. I had I took six rods with me, so nothing too crazy. For, uh, a lot for me, but um, there's definitely many people there I saw that had way more than six. Um, but that's what I went with. Um, so I started off with the popper, made a few casts. And then uh, I also had the crankbait uh, rod laying on my deck. So I picked that up and probably my second cast with the crankbait, um, I hooked a dink, a little uh, fish, and I was like, oh, all right. Well, the crankbait bite is on. Um, it was not on. I, I made, I uh, alternated back and forth between the crankbait <coughs> and the uh, popper for probably the next hour and a half. Um and didn't have any more bites on it. Uh, I think it was probably, let's see, maybe 8.30 or so, um, the guys I was with asked me if I had a spinnerbait. Um, and th at that point, uh, Ryan, the one guy I was with, had caught two fish, a nice 18 on a spinnerbait, and then another, I think, uh, uh, 13 or something small, but still measurable um, on the spinnerbait. So he asked me if I had one, and I said, yeah, I have my whole spinnerbait box in the front of my kayak. I definitely overpacked. I, I think I brought pretty much everything I owned. Uh, so my kayak, needless to say, was extremely heavy. Um, so I tied on a, uh, a spinnerbait that Brad uh, Hicks had uh, also talked about on their show that he got from in his Dark Horse Tackle Box. And I also got uh, a similar one. Mine was a different color, but it still looked really cool. So I was kind of excited to try it. Made my first cast and the line snapped and it went flying. And I was like, what the heck? I just tied that knot. It looked perfect. I still don't know what happened. So I was like, well, that sucks. So I got out my spinnerbait box and I took out a black spinnerbait with a Colorado blade on it and tied that on. <coughs> <coughs> and started making some casts and i did catch uh, uh another dink uh relatively quickly i'd say probably within 15 to 20 minutes of tying on uh the spinnerbait um i did catch a dink on the spinnerbait um but kept throwing that for a while and then ended up you know putting it down for a little bit because uh i just wanted to try some other things so i picked the popper back up again uh, again this is a rico popper um, one of my favorite uh, discoveries from fishing on the river. And probably after I picked it up again, maybe my third cast of just sitting there, pop, pop, pop. I had a huge blow up on it and it was gone. Uh, I think uh, if I, I, I was just talking to Ryan about it, um, he's like, oh, I had a muskie cut me off. And I was like, oh, man, that almost has to be what it was because it was such a clean just pop, pop, smash. 
and then the line was free. So it just went right through my line. Um, that would have been awesome to be able to catch a muskie. Uh, Ryan actually did hook two muskies yesterday, uh, and um, both broke him off eventually. He was able to actually see the one uh, and get it pretty close to his kayak, but <clears throat> so that would have been a first for me too. Um, I wish I could have at least hooked it and fought it a little bit, but it was a clean slice on my popper and it was gone. So I was down a popper and a spinnerbait at that point. Um, I tied on another popper, but didn't throw it too much more uh, just because I hadn't had much other than that muskie blow up. And um, I switched back to my crankbait and probably my third cast on the crankbait and that line snapped. I was like, what the heck is going on? I, I ended up tying on another crankbait and then I didn't lose a bait for the rest of the day. I have no clue to this right now what happened um, with all three of those knots. I, I try and triple check my knots when I tie them because I hate losing baits that way, especially that dark horse tackle spinner bait really bums me because I didn't even, I, it was my first cast and it was gone. And um, uh, the popper was gone with the muskie, so there was no saving that one. But the crankbait, um, I, I don't know what happened. It I don't know. I, 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 I'm trying to remember if I got, I felt the bottom at all, but I, I don't know if I set the hook and thinking it was a fish and it was the bottom. And, but whatever, for whatever reason, the line broke right at my leader knot. And um, so I was down a, a crankbait, a spinnerbait and a popper at that point. <laughs> and I would just been to the tackle shop the night before and spent 80 bucks so I was uh, kind of bummed about that. And I, um, I'm i not even sure uh, when I retied all of them, I tied them on Seaguar and Vizex because that was probably the best line that I had. And I was like, well, I want to tie something that I, I, I'm at least somewhat confident that it won't break because I had some, uh, oh, I'm trying to think. I had some, I had a couple different lines in my kayak with me to tie on, but I was like, you know what? I, I'm just going to tie on the Invisex because um, that's probably the nicest line I have. And, you know, it ended up working out pretty well because I don't think I broke off um, like that another bait. I, I had some snags and stuff where I lost some Ned rigs and uh, some other things. Um, I think uh, um, maybe a few break offs, but nothing anywhere remotely close to that, you know, 15 min uh, minute stretch of stuff where I lost three baits. Uh, um I, that really got to me. And I was like, well, I, I you know, I got to keep my head. I got to keep my head in the game. I can't get upset about this. Um, I just retied. Um, and I was hoping not to have to do that because that took some time as well to retie all three rods. But I went ahead and did it. And um, like I said, it, that kind of worked out because uh, I don't think I lost another bait just, you know, purely just by losing it uh, for the rest of the day. <laughs> so, um, at that point, uh, I only had those two fish, nothing on the board. It was probably like 10 or 10, 15. I was fishing right next to Ryan, still throwing the crankbait a lot because uh, the conditions just looked amazing for it. It was clear. It was low. It was rocky. Um, so I was like, oh, this is going to be great. You know, you know, the crankbait, will, it wasn't really grassy uh, at that point where we were. So there wasn't a lot of stuff to get caught on. But I, I don't know. I, I lost count of how many casts I made with the crankbait, but um, I threw it a ton and didn't even get a sniff on it for other uh, for the most part. Um, I, other than that, very first fish, and 
Um, so right there was a big part of my game plan and I kind of had to throw it out the window. So at one point, Ryan was next to me. Um, we were in some pretty fast moving current and we were kind of just floating next to each other, kind of moving down the current. And uh, I saw him catch a fish and it was a nice fish. And then he, um, I kept floating while he stopped. He anchored down to take the picture and everything. <coughs> and uh, I noticed when he went back to fishing that he stayed anchored. And I was like, oh, he's changing tactics. And then he caught another fish. And so I kind of uh, paddled back up to him. And I was like, man, I saw you catch two fish. And um, he was like, yeah, yeah. So you got to throw what I'm throwing. And I was like, okay, what are you throwing? Uh, I, and I had saw him kind of working something very slow and I thought he was using a tube. So I, at that point from far away, I tied on a tube and started working it slow, kind of mimicking him <coughs> to see if I could get um, some bites doing that. Well, I, I kind of worked my way back up to him and he's like, well, here, I'm going to give you what I'm using. And he gave me a big TRD on an eighth ounce EWG uh, not not a small like Ned Rig head, but it was uh, a pretty good size, um, uh, like a long shank EWG with an eighth ounce head on it. And with that big TRD, he was just chucking it out and letting it drift back to him with the current. And that's how he was catching fish. Um, initially, that wasn't my favorite tactic because um, I was really trying to throw the crankbait more as a search bait just to cover a lot of water and trying to pick apart where they were rather than just let something bop along and, you know, whatever it happens to run into is what you get. But he was having luck on it. And so he gave me one. And in the next two hours, I caught three keepers. Uh, I think I caught a 15 and then a 12 and then a 13. And so I was on the board. Um, I didn't get skunked. Um, and uh, so I was pretty happy at that point. Um, Ryan um, had caught a limit at that point and had started um, to cull some of his smaller fish. And um, so we caught up with uh, kind of got in touch with the other Josh, the other guy that had started with us. He had also had a small limit at that point and was starting to upgrade his fish as well. Um, I took a quick look at the leaderboard and um, there was definitely um, some people who didn't post their fish until the very end of the day. Uh, until you know people were already off the water because there are some big names that had either no fish or <coughs> just a few fish like uh, I saw Drew Gregory and um, oh, uh, oh I'm drawing a blank now oh uh, but just a lot of big names on the list that uh, had no fish uh, by like one o'clock and lines out uh, for this was three o'clock so I was like, well, there's no way that they're they're skunked. Um, but uh, so I was like happy just to have something on the board. Uh, I think when I checked uh, at like two o'clock, I was 129th out of 200. So I was like, okay, you know, I, I'm not definitely in last and uh, I have some fish on the board. So, you know, we'll see what we do, what can what we can do. And um, as we drifted down river, uh, we got to uh some much quicker and rough water uh definitely uh it was kind of in the fort hunter area if any of you guys are familiar with the uh susquehanna there's a statue of liberty made out of uh garbage uh or or something that some college kids did years ago as kind of a, a senior prank or whatever they 
constructed this Statue of Liberty out of used parts and stuff, and um, it's been there ever since. But uh, that uh, portion of the river is Fort Hunter, and um, that's kind of where we were heading towards um, towards the end of the day. Uh, we were actually initially going to take out uh, a little bit above Fort Hunter. <coughs> so we were kind of getting down to that area, but the water was so low and fast that it was really hard to do much of anything um, unless you anchored down and then you were kind of just spot fishing here and there. But there were so many shoots and rocks and um, all sorts of obstacles that you were kind of fighting your way through that it was tough. I, I, I could not have my pedals down because they were catching on so much stuff. Um, so I was having to paddle. I definitely uh, was not used to paddling so much. Uh, my paddling skills had taken a back seat after I got the Hobie. And uh, it definitely showed yesterday because I struggled uh, with boat control, not having my pedals and, and just being in that faster moving water and just always having to be watching what was coming because we were moving so quickly. And um, I did manage to catch uh, probably three more uh, dinks at that point. So I ended up, uh, when we got off the water uh, on day one, I had seven fish total, three that measured and were on the board. I think I had 40-some inches. Um, and at the end of the day, I think I was in 150th out of 200 place. And uh, I didn't feel too bad about it. I was pretty happy that uh, I, I survived. Um, I did end up uh, taking out uh, by myself because um, the, the two guys I were with, uh, I was with wanted to go down one exit further. So I told them, yeah, I'll, I'm going to get off here because initially they, we were all going to go down and then try and paddle back up. But the, by the time we got down there uh, with the speed of the water, I was like, I have no faith in my ability to paddle back up from here. So I'm going to get off or get off the water and I'll drive down and um, pick you guys up one exit or one ramp lower. Um, so they ended up staying on the river, um, which actually didn't work out to their advantage too much. Uh, the, uh, Josh caught a big channel catfish and Ryan broke his paddle, which tells you a little bit about how the water was moving. So it definitely was uh, rough water at the bottom end of where we took out. Um, and, uh, I was happy just to make it back to the launch at that point because I was dead tired. Uh, my shoulders were on fire from, uh, paddling so much and, and not having done that for a long time. Um, and then I got to the takeout and it was straight up this dirt hill. Uh, I ended up having to unload almost everything out of my kayak to drag it up that hill. Um, cause initially I was planning on having help there, but those two guys ended up floating down. So I had to, uh, take care of that myself. And it was a little bit of a chore, but I, I, I made it with no problem. Um, and then drove down to the next ramp and, uh, met them down there and were able to, you know, get the taxiing back and forth done. Um, at that point, I, I headed home and, uh, you know, talked to Ethan and Stuart a little bit. They uh, didn't have much more luck than he, me. Uh, I think Ethan caught three keepers. He was a half inch ahead of me in the standings. And uh, Stuart had one fish on the board. Um, and uh, they had really struggled as well uh, where they went. Um, so it was definitely feast or famine, it seemed like. Um, there was definitely people who found fish. Uh, I think day one. Ewing Minor uh, was uh, at the top of the boards with 90-some inches. So people definitely found fish, and uh, I, I give props to all those guys um, because 
you know, I don't know if it was a lot of time pre-fishing or just, you know, they had spots from last year that worked out, but people definitely found fish. Um, first day I, I definitely did. Okay. I, um, had I switched to that, uh, big TRD earlier, I probably would have had a limit. I'm, I'm confident. Um, I just, that, that was kind of the last thing on my mind as, as to what I wanted to throw. So, um, but, uh, I think if I would have went back there on day two, I probably would have done okay. Uh, I probably would have, uh, got a few fish on the board at least, but as it turned out, I went back, uh, on Saturday night and talked to Ethan and Stuart and I said, Hey, you know, you guys came up here. Uh, if you're okay, maybe I'll fish with you guys tomorrow just to see what that's like. And they, uh, weren't hundred percent sure where they were going to go, but decided to try a different place than they had on day one because uh like i said they didn't have a ton of success and um they had uh decided to go to a spot that they went pre-fishing um didn't have a ton of luck pre-fishing but just wanted to give it a try because it was closer to my house it wasn't as far as uh they actually went up to the northernmost boundary uh on the first day which was an hour and 25 minutes plus up from uh, my house so uh they were looking for a little someplace a little closer so i was like well that sounds good to me you know, I need to get a little sleep. Um, so I got up at four instead of two thirty, which definitely was nicer. And, um, we, uh, headed up to a place called Marysville and, um, uh, the Rockville bridge, which as soon as we got there, I was like, Oh, this place looks amazing. It looked exactly like where I usually fish in Wrightsville. It had, um, a lot of, uh, Rocky islands kind of, uh, and a bridge right there. So I was like, it's like Wrightsville. It's, it should be, you know, this should be great. You know, I'm going to do awesome. <clears throat> we put on the water. Um, I think Kate Field actually went out of that same launch. Uh, I did not see her, but uh, Ethan was telling me that he saw her when we uh, left. And uh, I think I saw her from afar. Um, when I was fishing the bridge, I saw someone uh, downriver from me from a distance, and he told me that was her. Uh, so, Kate, I hope uh, you, got, you did okay. Um, there, I know, I, I think we checked when we left that area, uh, you had one fish on the board at that point. So congrats for that. But, um, we ended up, I was, I started fishing, uh, I went up through the rocks and just the way the current was, and it was because it was low, I had a, a lot of trouble making it up through those rocks. So I couldn't fish it like the way I fished the rocks, uh, that I'm used to in Wrightsville. Um, I did catch, uh, a dink right off the bat maybe 10 minutes in on that uh, Ned rig with the, the big tier or the big TRD. Um, I caught a little, maybe 10 inch uh, dink. And so I was like, okay, maybe this will work out. But uh, I think nine o'clock rolled around and Ethan called me and he said, have you had any luck yet? And I said, no, I, all I have is the, that, that one dink. He's like, well, Stuart and I both haven't caught anything. I talked to a few other people and nobody's catching things here. So we're thinking about making a move. And I, so I was like, okay, that's fine with me. You know, um, I'll, I'll definitely go where you guys go. And so we pulled off the water probably like 930 and, um, we decided to go down to city Island, which is, um, closer to my house yet. And, um, I had fished there before. So I was like, okay, well, I'll at least know that area and, uh, you know, have an idea of where I want to go. Um, I knew there was five bridges there right around city Island. So I was like, it's going to be a ton of bridge pilings. You know, if it's anything like Wrightsville, you know, I, you might have to fish a bunch of bridge filings, but you'll find a fish here or there. Uh, so we uh, took a drive down. Uh, we got to City Island probably about 11 o'clock. 
And um, Stuart decided at that point he was just going to go get breakfast because he was tired and hungry. So Ethan and I got out on the water in Harrisburg and we decided to split City Island. He basically said, you go around this side and I'll go around the other side and, you know, we'll see what we can find. If anybody finds fish, let the other person know and, you know, we'll, we'll work it together. And so that was the plan. Um, uh, we both worked our sides of the island. I did not find a fish. Um, and uh, Ethan ended up finding one 11 inch fish that didn't even measure. And we both fished every bridge piling on all five bridges. Um, and I could not believe there was no fish there. I, I am shocked. Um, and just the water was clear. Um, it was paddle or pedalable, which I was thankful for. <coughs> I was able to use my pedals there pretty much for the whole, um, uh, afternoon at Harrisburg, but there was no fish. They were just not there. Like the water was clear. So I was looking and I had no signs of fish. Like I said, Ethan caught that one 11 inch, but other than that, um, he said he didn't see anything either. We did um, find one bridge piling that uh, we saw a blow up on and we we're like, oh my gosh, there's fish there. And we paddled over there and found a whole bunch of carp. So um, that is pretty much how my tournament ended. Um, we took a shot at Harrisburg. Um, as we were getting off the water, uh, we met a gentleman who was taking a jet boat out and he's like, oh, I wish I would have known, you know, you guys, uh, there's a, about a mile up, which was probably about a mile south of where I took out uh, on Saturday. He said the ledges are on fire right there, um, you know, but you had to be on a certain side of the river. And because Ethan and uh, Stuart had fished that stretch of river, river that he was talking about, but they had fished the West Shore. And he's like, no, 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 you, you don't want to fish the West Shore. It's too low over there. Um, you, you definitely want to be on the east side. And so it turns out that Ethan and Stuart were in the right place, just on the wrong side of the river uh, for uh, this guy had caught like 15 fish in two hours or something. So um, that is how my tournament ended. I did not catch a measurable fish on day two. All I had was that one dink, which was definitely disappointing to me. Um, but I'm going to still take it as overall a success because uh, I was able to fish a major event. I don't know when I will fish my next major one. Uh, I don't know that I'll be in a rush to, uh, especially because uh, I thought I would know these waters. Um, so I thought, you know, if, if any event I'm going to do okay and it's going to be one on waters that I know, um, those waters ended up being completely different than what I expected. Uh, so um, I had to adapt on the fly and, you know, might not have done it as successfully as some other people have, but um, still... Uh, I don't regret it. I'm, I'm happy that I fished it. Uh, it was definitely a, a good learning experience for me and um, looking forward to trying it again at some point. I definitely, uh, it will help me in the kayak anglers of central PA tournaments that I fished because um, there are tournaments uh, that I hadn't been able to do yet. And now I have fished those waters and I know where ramps are. Um, so all in all uh, it's going to help my fishing a lot from uh from the experience so i can't say i'm i'm you know too disappointed i i wish i would have finished higher um definitely props to the people who did um the standings are closed right now um that that we have another half hour before they they post who won so i'm looking forward to seeing who came out on top i know drew gregory was up there and 
you know, the big names that you expect to see were, were definitely up there. So it'll be interesting to see who takes it out. I'm sure maybe, um, you know, they'll have them, uh, Dan and, um, Dan will have them on his show, hopefully, uh, if possible. So, um, definitely tune into that. But, um, so that's pretty much it. Um, all in all, if you guys are thinking about doing it, I'd say, you know, if you're on the fence about trying it, uh, I think I, I kind of took Kate Fields' philosophy. I just kind of jumped in and, and, and went with it. And uh, I'm glad I did. Uh, I definitely will do things differently next time. Uh, some things, um, you know, I'll definitely pre-fish more um, with COVID and all that fun stuff. I, you know, and not really finding out I was in the tournament until kind of last minute. I definitely didn't get to do as much of that as I wanted to. But um, again, uh, it was a really well-run event. Uh, I think, you know, Hobie did a great job. Um, everybody was super nice, super friendly. Uh, we had all the information we needed. The The venues were great. Um, uh, they really treated you well. I got a lot of cool things. Uh, I actually won a prize uh, at the raffle. I won uh, a battery pack, and um, so that was cool. And uh, But, like, I'm definitely going to keep my, uh, my tourney tags uh, as mementos uh, to, to remember. And, um, that's pretty much it. So if you're on the fence about it, definitely give it a try. The people were great. Um, you know, it's, you, if, if anything, you'll learn something and, um, you know, that in and of itself was a great experience. So, uh, that's my story. Um, I do have plans for uh, a real guest next week. So I thank you guys for listening Who everyone who uh, tuned in for the, my whole kind of recap here. And, um, our regularly scheduled show will return this week with a guest and uh, we'll be back to business as usual. So thank you for your patience uh, with me this past month. I know uh, um, I missed some shows when I was on vacation in a camp and then um, we had this show that isn't hundred percent normal, but I, I promise you guys, I will be uh, back at it, scheduling guests and, and um, getting you guys some great information coming shortly. So, uh, thanks again for your patience. Uh, thanks for all you guys do. Keep up with the Noobs Tournament. Uh, August is coming, so get signed up if you're interested. And uh, I will catch you guys next week. So thank you again for tuning in to this episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs, where we bring you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. You guys have a good night. Stay safe and have fun out on the water. And I will catch you next week. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Fin. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddle and fin. Don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures, your Midwest premier paddle sports destination, go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina, the beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. 
you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. And Jigmasters Jigs, when in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today.